0: I was engaged at 18, married at 19, pregnant at 20, gave birth at 21, divorced at 22. And let me tell you something divorce is a motherfucker. We no shame tonight we're sipping on sam houston 12 year this bottle is actually a gift from my brother who loves bourbon and whiskey probably more than i do let me tell you, this bottle is not for sharing. It is definitely a bougie 100 plus dollar bottle because it has been fermenting and resting in oak and cherry barrels for 12 years. So, with that being said, here is my review on Sam Houston. Now, the bottle is badass. The idea of having this bougie, handwritten whiskey is jope the taste is really good it's very very oaky to me so if you like the oak flavored whiskey then this is one for you um it's smooth it still has a little bite to it and for the price you would think that it wouldn't have such a bite it would be a little bit more smooth it is good let me say this over and over it's a very good whiskey great sipping whiskey but I like my Uncle Nearest better, to be perfectly honest. I actually might like the Basil Hayden a little bit more than I like this one, but it's good. So if you are an oak whiskey fan, you're looking for something to talk about, conversation piece with other people that like whiskey, then this is for you. Sam Houston's 12 year. Go read up on who Sam Houston was. The history behind it is pretty dope. And, you know, let's get into it. For those of you who are married or who have not experienced a divorce, you don't need to turn away. This can be a preventative <laughs> a therapy session, if you will, for you and your relationship. Um, If you're young, I don't have a lot of young listeners, but if you're young and thinking about getting married or preparing to go down the aisle, then listen to this. You know, maybe I can help you in some type of way. I actually decided that I was going to do this episode a long time ago. I just didn't know if it would be relevant. And over the past three months or so, I would say, that I've paid attention anyway, a lot of my social media friends um, are getting a divorce. They're either in the middle of a divorce, just filed for a divorce, just granted a divorce, throwing divorce parties, or just letting the public know that they're, you know, recently divorced. And I was like, wow, you know, there's a lot of people going through uh, so the young lady that cleans my house, I just was speaking with her, and she went through um, a nasty divorce and wrote a book about it. So I said, you know what? Women of all ages, men of all ages, nationalities are going through this, and maybe my story or my situation will help somebody else out. Okay, so here goes. As I said in the intro, I got married at 19 super young fresh out of high school he actually proposed to me the day i graduated from high school so yeah super young but here's the thing i'm not one of these people that's going to tell you that you shouldn't get married because you're only 18 or 19 years old honestly that was not our problem (laughs) that was not the issue it wasn't the age It was the maturity level, I would say, a long time ago, strictly on him, but on me as well for different reasons, and I'm going to dive into those reasons. Um, We shouldn't have gotten married in the first place because, number one, I didn't know who he was fully. Number two, I didn't know who the hell I was fully. I went from being in my parents' home to in a home with a man living as husband and wife. I didn't get the chance to know and learn who I was. And at the time, I was okay with that because I was excited about the possibility of learning these things together. Now, he's, what, four years older than me? So... I expected him to be a little bit more mature than I was. And he was nowhere near mature (laughs) as I was. Um, But I didn't find that out until later. And some people say, Leah, oh, you missed all the red flags. Well, there probably were some red flags that I missed. But the large ones, he did not wave until we got married. Um, But I digress. I say that I wasn't mature enough because... I didn't know who I was as a grown person. I didn't really know what I wanted out of life. I didn't know what I wanted in a husband. Therefore, I couldn't identify those qualities in the man that I married. And again, I was still okay with that because I was truly in love with this man. Now, we weren't high school sweethearts in the traditional sense. I met him when I was 15, 16 years old, kind of worked together. And he was older than me and we just started dating. We did not go to the same high school. He was already out of school by the time we started dating when I was 16. Um, So it wasn't the traditional high school romance, right? But I will say this. We didn't really argue. We didn't have arguments. We didn't fight. That's essential and you'll see why later. He bought me flowers every single day. I kid you not. From the time that we started dating at 16 till the time we got married when I was 19, He bought me flowers every single day. And I thought that that was the most romantic, sweetest thing ever in life. Right? I think I became a little distracted by the smokes and mirrors and the things that he would do for me as an older guy. My friends were excited because my boyfriend was coming to pick me up from high school, you know, cause he was grown. <laughs> you know how we do when we are young, we get excited about the most trivial things, but that's to, as to be expected, I think around that age. So anyway, let me fast forward. We get engaged. Um, Couldn't really celebrate the engagement again. I was 18 years old. What were we going to do? <laughs> So let's fast forward again. A year later, we get married at 19 years old. And on the wedding night, I should have told the pastor, please do not turn in this paperwork. Let's just tear this up right here, right now. Because the whole day was off, y'all. It was like what Cam Newton said, hindsight is (laughs) 50-50. Bless his heart. Anyway. The whole day was really off. You know how you're supposed to be excited and get the butterflies and, and, and just be overwhelmed and be pampered and treated like the bride is your day, queen. <laughs> You know, you're supposed to be getting pampered. It's your your wedding day. My wedding day was not like that. There was nothing wrong with it. It just was not like that. I didn't have that type of experience. I really didn't have that type of experience about the entire wedding, to be perfectly honest. It wasn't what I expected nor really wanted. I just went along with it, if that makes sense. It's not really anybody else's fault. It's just what happened? I just went along with it. And that's kind of the whole entire theme of my marriage. I just went along with it. So let's fast forward. We get married. Um, Didn't have the reception. Didn't have it how we were supposed to because of weather. Um, however, it was so nice. It was so cool. <sighs> Lord. You know how at the end of the wedding, when the bride and groom supposed to get together and come out and everybody's either like got sparklers or throwing rice or throwing rose petals so you can get in the car that type of situation well i had bubbles because i saw it and thought it was cute let's blow bubbles everybody blow bubbles so i'm sitting there waiting they want to see the bubbles in the air for the photos you know so everybody's blowing away waiting for my groom couldn't find him I forgot who went looking for him. Then I went looking for him. Can't find him. Everybody's ready to say, you know, goodbye to us on our wedding night. This fool is held up in a room crying, holding his twin brother because, you know, he's not going to live with him anymore. (laughs) He's not going to be with him anymore. Mind you, he didn't shed a tear when we got married, you know, but he was crying coding his twin brother, and that should have told me everything that I needed to know right there, right? So let's fast forward a little bit. We're now married, living together, um, getting to know each other in the honeymoon phase. We got married in June, so around August, September, again, still should be in the honeymoon phase. I started to catch him in a series of lies um, and lies about the simplest things. Okay, so look, at the time, I wasn't as open and free-spirited as I am now. I mean, I didn't know shit, so yeah, but he used to smoke before we got married, which is fine. If that's what you do, that's what you do. I didn't care for cigarette smoke in particular, but he used to smoke, but supposedly had stopped okay cool well why every time you come home from work you smell like cigarette smoke you know simple stuff I'm like wow you know hug him at the door do what I thought you were supposed to do hug and kiss your husband when he comes in the door you know I got dinner let's go that type of atmosphere but why do you smell like cigarette smoke like I'm literally about to choke on you smelling like cigarette smoke oh that's because people at work smoke and at the time He worked um, still at Cecil's, I believe, or Albertsons, whatever you want to call it. I can't remember if he was at Walgreens or not yet. But anyhow, when we're stocking, we're in the stock room and people smell like cigarette smoke. They're back there smoking. Okay. And let that go for months. But every single day you come home smelling reeking of cigarette smoke. Um, and then when your friends are around, I catch you smoking. I act like I don't see you. When you see me, you put the cigarette out real quick and try to act like I'm slow, like you're not breathing smoke out your mouth. Like it was a whole situation. And honestly, y'all, it's not even about him smoking. It's about the fact that he could lie to me in my face and assume that I was so stupid That I didn't realize what was going on. It also hurt me that he could get his friends in on it. Right? We were just married. Why lie to me? Why are we starting off this way? And again, that was an omen to how our marriage was going to go. So, small things, as usual, ended up building uh, into other things. So... After that, it may sound silly, but I really didn't trust him because he wasn't the type to just to say, yeah, I was wrong. It was, I was wrong, but you, or I was wrong, but this It's always somebody else's fault, right? And it was always the crying and I'm sorry, and talk a real good game to get things back to how it quote was, and then you just do the same thing all over again, This was our marriage. Um, And unfortunately, the disrespect just continued and continued in several different ways. My ex-husband is an identical twin. And his identical twin decided that since we were getting married, he was going to the Navy the day after we got married. Hence why they were held up in a room hugging each other and crying and carrying on about going to miss each other, right? So him and his twin have this weird, unnatural bond. And yes, I do know and understand that twins have bonds. Um, They grew up in a womb together, yada, yada, yada. I get it. But there is something very unnatural and unhealthy about the type of relationship that they have. And I think that that stems from some trauma, some shit that went down in their childhood. And I'm not about to psychoanalyze him on this podcast, but just know that they had a really fucked up and still do unhealthy relationship. Okay. and when I say that, I mean, me and his twin were cool at first, you know, before we got married. And then I think he saw me as the enemy And it was like, get rid of the enemy by all means necessary. And his brother let him treat me that way. Now, I don't know about y'all, but for someone that's supposed to be in the Navy and stationed in California, I don't know how you're home every other fucking weekend. You do not get leave that many times. So again, thinking they think I'm boo-boo the fool and don't know that this man is going AWOL every weekend and coming home with friends Throwing parties in our home. We bought a home, and I was 19 when we bought our first home. I'm coming home from work. There would be cars lying down the cove, cars blocking the driveway and the garage. That's how I knew his brother was in town, right? <laughs> I knew he was there when there was a party going on in my house. And it was just ultimate disrespect because. It wasn't seen as my house as well or our house. It was always Eric's house, right? It was my bills, Eric's bills. Things that I needed to take care of, things that he needed to take care of. Basically, I was a glorified, pussy-giving roommate. (laughs) And that's just God's honest truth, okay? So when his brother would come... I mean, nothing else mattered. It was all about him and what he wanted to do. It didn't matter if it was the middle of the week and they were having crazy parties till the middle of the night. That didn't matter. It didn't matter that I couldn't get in my own driveway. It didn't matter that they were smoking and drinking and leaving stuff all over the house that I, in turn, had to clean up. None of that type of stuff mattered, right? And if I confronted him on it, it was, that's my brother. I love him. He is always welcome in my house. That was always the answer, right? Okay. So I started thinking, well, maybe I'm taking this the wrong way, doing things the wrong way. But I would catch him in lies. He would literally be on the phone with his brother or having a conversation face-to-face with his brother in my house, mind you, about me. Um, And his brother would tell him that, he don't need to take whatever from me. And just, you know, talking, you know, smack. and Eric would agree and talk shit about me, his wife, to his brother. And that's hurtful and disrespectful. So much so that one day on my way to work, I wake up and didn't know. But his brother was there on my couch, butt naked with some random girl that I don't know, wrapped up in my blanket that was given to me as a gift, um, and I was supposed to be okay with this situation, right? It was little shit like that, like I said, that always built up, built up, built up to make it, you know, larger. Anyway, that's just one instance of the twin syndrome, that's what I call it, right? But to further the disrespect and even a sense of racism in our relationship, because, oh, yeah, on top of being super young, on top of all of this extraness that's going on, on top of the twin syndrome, we were an interracial couple, which was perfectly fine for me. I thought it was perfectly fine for us as a couple. But, you know, here in the South, we got all the looks, all the eyeballs, just an extra added element of drama and one would think that if the white man blue blue blue-eyed blonde-haired man then married me you think that he would defend me against racist you think that he would defend me against stereotypes and people saying racist shit to me but you know that was a little bit too much to ask for Also, the level of disrespect that came from his friends was tremendous. And when I say disrespect, I mean he talked to me any kind of way, right? He talked to me worse than somebody he would talk to on the street. I was all kinds of bitches and hoes and shut the fucks up, mainly because I didn't like the people he hung around. Or I didn't want to entertain people at my house at all times of night. I didn't want to cook them food and bring them snacks because they were grown-ass men playing video games all day. So I got called all kinds of names and outside my name. And once people realize that your husband will disrespect you like that, then they will try you, right? They will disrespect you because they think that that's what they're supposed to do. And let me tell you, there is nothing more disheartening more degrading, more hurtful than to be continuously disrespected, not only in private, by the man who professed to love you, who is supposed to protect you and take care of you and have your back against all else. For him to disrespect you and treat you the way that he treated me and then do it in front of people, in front of your friends, in front of your co-workers, in front of bitches that I knew had a thing for you, that is the most hurtful situation that you can put somebody in, especially a 20-year-old at this time, 2021 20, year old right? Um, but I digress. Anyway, his friends were so disrespectful to the point that one in particular... He would always make um, sexual innuendos towards me. I recall one situation where he asked um, my then husband, how was black pussy? Like, yeah, y'all heard me right. He asked my husband at the time, how was black pussy? Because he never tried it. Was he going to let him have a taste? And my husband at the time thought it was hilarious. Bust out laughing. I'm crying, upset, go to the room. He comes in the room and curses me out because I embarrass him in front of his friends. You don't see anything wrong with that. (laughs) You don't see how that's disrespectful. Okay, no. The same friend, also one time when all of our friends were together at a cookout, the guys were outside, the girls were inside chilling. We're eating popsicles. Y'all see where I'm going with this conversation? He comes in, sits down in the middle of the group. I'm sitting on the floor, looks at me and says, I like the way you suck that popsicle. Come suck something else in front of my friends, right? I tell Eric, who is also my ex-husband, y'all. I don't know what it is about these Eric's. But anyway, I tell Eric saying, my ex-husband. Again, it's funny. Ha, ha, ha. Certain shit isn't funny, right? Certain shit demands to be addressed and certain shit demands for you to get your ass whooped. And his friends was always on the verge and over the line of getting your ass whooped, right? So this was a continuous cycle. It was also a continuous cycle of me dealing with women that he worked with. He did not understand that as a married man, There are certain things that you just don't do with other women. There are certain conversations you don't have. You don't give other women that you work with your telephone number and they call you in the middle of the night at whatever time they feel like it. They don't get to send you um, text messages saying that they're thinking about you and can't wait to see you the next morning. They don't get to send you photos of them in a tub touching themselves saying they wish that it was you. You don't get to have lunch with them um, and tell me that you're unavailable. You're in a meeting. Don't know that I've already pulled up on you because I was going to surprise you with lunch. And you're walking out the door with this person hand in hand. You see what I'm saying? This went on for several Walgreens that he worked at. There was always somebody. I was always fighting and I literally mean fighting. I got kicked out of so many Walgreens because I had to whoop their ass in Walgreens. And no, it wasn't necessarily about him. It was about the level of disrespect. I had a pharmacist at the Walgreens in West Memphis call me a black bitch to my face while my husband stood there and said, well, that must be how she feel. I whooped both they ass that day. <laughs> and cause that's how I feel. So let me get off of all the disrespect and all the stories because I can go on for three hours about that situation. But I I think y'all get it, right? So the level of disrespect, the racism, the lies, the twin syndrome, the emotional abuse, right? The verbal abuse, the mental abuse. I was afraid that all of this was going to lead to actual physical abuse because he never hit me, but he would push me. He would knock me down. He would throw things at me and it just continued to escalate and escalate and get worse. Mind you, his mother and father had a very... Um, physically abusive relationship. His father physically abused him as well. So I know that these things tend to come out right at some point if the child never seeks help or never addresses what happened to them in their childhood. I'm mindful of this, right? So, being mindful of this, I give him all the excuses. In the world, which is something else, ladies, men, do not give your partner excuses because of something that happened to them in their past or in their childhood. At some point, they have to become responsible for their own actions, for their own words. If they don't try to get help, if they don't acknowledge that something is wrong and try to do something to correct it, stop giving them a pass. It's not your fault. You are not their punching bag. They need help. And it's okay to move on from the situation. Right? I wish I would have known that then. Because that was one of the issues. But anyway. So all of this is going on. And I know I told y'all before I cheated on everybody that I had ever been with. But I literally was not cheating on this man until... I decided that I just wasn't getting what I wanted out of the relationship, right? I decided that enough was enough. I was tired of him doing what he was doing with other women. And I still to this day don't know if he physically cheated on me, but he 100% emotionally treated on me with about three different women, not including the other ones that he just was disrespectful with, right? And to be perfectly honest, I'd rather you physically cheat on me than emotionally cheat on me because to have an emotional bond with someone else, that is something completely different than just a physical thing that you do. Both are disrespectful and uncalled for. However, for me, emotionally cheating on me is way worse, right? So, I went back to who I knew, right? The long lost love that I had from the time that I was 12. Y'all know how I'm talking about this boy? (laughs) Went back to what I knew, right? Started having an affair with him. He lived in a different state. So it was, you know, once every blue moon type of situation. But, you know, I'm, I'm not proud of what I did, but it is what it is. That's what I need to do, right? So let's fast forward. I get pregnant. Um, I'm cool with it. I'm excited about it. We weren't trying to get pregnant, but we weren't not trying to get pregnant. So get pregnant. Um, I'm thinking, you know, how women think things going to change. She's going to mature. Things are going to get better. I'm pregnant. We're about to have a child. I was full of shit. That is not what happened at all as a matter of fact the instance that happened while i was pregnant should have made me stay away from his ass but again i went back because i was foolish let me tell y'all what happened so i'm pregnant in january of 2006 my son was born in the beginning of june of 2006 i mean 2005 i'm sorry January is cold. I was big as hell. I think that they misdiagnosed my months or whatever, but I was working as a pharmacy technician on my feet all day and come home um, again, cars, party time. I knew that his brother was there. Right now, mind you, every time his brother would come in town, I knew he was coming ahead of time because my husband would pick a fight with me. Right, I knew I was. If he just out of nowhere picked a fight with me and started yelling at me and arguing me about something, I knew that I had about three days until his brother was going to be coming. Right, I just knew that already. So anyway, pull up. It's like eleven o'clock at night. I'm very pregnant. Been on my feet all day. Try to get in the driveway. I have to call into the house to tell them to move their car so I can get in my house. Come in my house, I speak, say, hey, go to the room. Immediately, I'm being followed and belligerent by my belligerent ex-husband calling me bitches and hoes because I'm evil and didn't speak to his friends right. I need to come back out there and party with them. I'm like, I'm tired, my feet hurt, I'm pregnant. Don't need to come out there with y'all smoking and smoking weed and drinking and like carrying on, right? Right. Oh, um, he didn't want to hear that. So I put other flows on, come back out, sit on the couch. One of the girls felt sorry for me. She was like, I'm sorry. That's not right. I'm like, this is how it is, right? anyway time progresses and I get up and I say I'm ready to go I'm tired I'm going to bed I guess he didn't like that too much and starts going off on me again in front of everyone um his brother thinks it's funny it's completely laughing at me him and his friends are high-fiving each other watching the show pop a beer let's look so we get into it I'm like oh we gonna do it we are gonna do it I'm finna lie into your ass wasn't until I started going off on him that all of a sudden his brother say oh y'all let's go to the backyard let's give him time to hang Handle that. Eric, my ex-husband starts throwing things at me. Now I'm pregnant with his child. It's January. It's freezing outside. I have on some um pajama bottoms and a t-shirt, no shoes. Luckily, I have my phone in the back pocket. Now this man proceeds to grab me and push me out the front door and lock me outside. Barefoot, pregnant. Barely any clothes on in January, freezing. I called my parents. My parents were roughly probably around 30, 32 minutes away from where we lived. Um, they got there very quickly. My dad is, was a cop and was not having that. Needless to say, he bust that door down and it was a whole situation. I grabbed a bag, packed it and left. I spent majority of my pregnancy laying on a futon in my parents' house. And let me just say then that is not how I expected my pregnancy to go. I felt like I did everything right. Um, I was married when I got pregnant, right? That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to wait until you get married, And be in a relationship, right? And get pregnant and have your baby. I thought that it was going to be awesome like they show on TV where the man is very attentive and rubs your feet and whispers sweet nothings in your ear. And when you get a craving for food, he's going to get up and he's going to go out and he's going to buy you the food that you want. He's going to rub your stomach and tell your baby sweet nothings and make up stories. None of that happened for me. And for a long time, that disturbed me. It's disturbing me right now just thinking about it because I never understood why. Like, what did I do? And I think, whoo, if you've ever been in a situation like that, especially an abusive one, especially coming out of a divorce, it's always, what did I do? Right? If you're the person that stuff, it's just. I don't know how else to explain it. it's, it's, it's why me? What did I do, right? What did I do to deserve somebody to treat me this type of way? Make an even longer story shorter. <laughs> um, I went back like a fool. Now, I didn't go back until I was giving birth, basically, um, a couple weeks before I gave birth. And even still, I was back and forth between there and my mom's house or my parents' house because he couldn't be bothered, to be perfectly honest. He didn't take off work. He didn't have time to be there for me. Um, Yeah, it was the whole situation. And the pregnancy went actually was really what went well. It was giving birth. After I gave birth, I was in the 2% of women, extremely rare, that got um, eclampsia after giving birth. 2% 2% of women, and of course it had to happen to me. Blood pressure skyrocketed a week after I gave birth, went back into the emergency room. They, I've never seen anything like it. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I was at stroke level, blood pressure. They couldn't understand how I was even still functioning the way that I was functioning. I should have been having a stroke or dead. Um, was in the hospital for a while got everything under control then I started having draconian seizures back to back and they had to put me in a medically induced coma so my body would stop having seizures so I started reacting to it they didn't know who what version of Leah was going to wake up right and through all this situation do you know my mom stayed in the hospital every single night I don't remember not seeing her in the hospital. My son that I had just given birth to, that was a week and a couple of weeks old during this time, did not stay with his father because his father couldn't be bothered enough to take off work. He couldn't leave work. My brand new baby boy stayed with my father and my brother Lance. That's who raised him for the first or had him and took care of him for the first couple of weeks because I could not because I was in the hospital. They would bring him up there, you know, and I would hold him, and this is a whole different podcast, but you got to understand how deep this hurt goes, how deep this foolishness in this marriage goes. Anyway, after my seizures put into a coma, I was brought out, and it was like one of those television shows, right, where you look up, <laughs> and like, everybody's gathered around your bed, and I'm like, oh, I'm dead, shit, this is an Atta body experience, like, I'm dead, what the fuck? <laughs> Wasn't dead, just being brought back out and they literally didn't know if I was going to have motor skills, if I was going to be able to speak, would I be able to remember anything, would I know who I was, none of this. Um, The neurologist tested me as soon as I woke up. I didn't remember some things. Let's fast forward a little bit. I still am messed up from that whole situation. I went from having perfect eyesight to needing glasses because the seizures burst vessels behind my eyes. The seizures did something to my brain um, where I'm dyslexic now. Haven't really told people that, but... I have a slight case of dyslexia where I switch words and numbers and letters and and things of that nature. I have problems with my memory, recalling words and names of items that I know and have known my entire life. I have a a bad time remembering pieces of my past. It's uh, y'all whole situation, you know? I have pains and joint problems and All types of things that's wrong with my body um, that all stem from this situation. So, yeah, it was that deep. Now, even after all of this, I still go back to this man because in my mind, I can't let this marriage be a failure. I do not want to be a statistic young black girl with a baby by herself. Right. That was not going to be me. That was not my life. That is not what I had planned out. But, you know, fuck plans. (laughs) When you make plans, that shit don't work about your life. Right. So I went back. Let's try this. Maybe this is going to be better since I'm pregnant. No, this was not better Since I was pregnant, the twin situation continued, the partying continued, the disrespect, all of this continued. Now, let me back up to a very key, important situation that happened that I forgot Um, after I was kicked out. But when I came back and before I gave birth, I recall a situation where I thought that this man, my husband, was going to be at home because I had a doctor's appointment. He did not take me. I had to call my mom to take me to my doctor's appointment couldn't get in touch with him. Finally, I was was pulling into, or as my mom was pulling into the driveway of our home, he finally answered his phone, asked him where he was, and he said he was with his brother. I said, you know, we had our last checkup for the baby today, and he said he didn't care. His brother was in town, and I told him, you know, this is your child. I am your wife. At what point are you going to put us first? At what point are you going to take care of us? Because, you know, like I'm your family now. We're your family. And this man told me, don't ever make him choose because because it would never be me and it would never be my child. And at that moment, I should have shot that motherfucker. To be perfectly honest <laughs> with you. he should have been the end of his ass. But it was not. But that foreshadowed everything that has come after that. He has never treated me or his son like we were priority. Never. And which leads me to the point of why we got divorced. It all came to a head in one moment. If you knew me then, I was not the person that I am now. I was a step for a wife. Moving in motions, but not really knowing what I'm doing. Going with the flow and just saying, okay, just letting things happen to me. Because I was over it by then. I was emotionally detached. I was getting fucked somewhere else. He could not touch me. So it was all good, right? I'm just going to go through the motions until my child is old enough, and then we're going to r- roll out. That was what was in my mind. was not a healthy situation, but that's what the plan was at the time. Until this fool decided to act a fool, go through my things, bring in... Um, an email that was supposed to be proof of me cheating on him. Now, in all actuality, I had to think about it. I was like, damn me man. man, oh boy, we do email each other back and forth. Did he find some shit? Really wasn't nervous. Didn't give a fuck, to be perfectly honest. He brings in an email from some other dude that I was like, hey, let me come sleep on your couch. Now we worked together. He lived around the corner from my job. Eric was acting a fool. I didn't want to be there. Hey, is it still okay if I crash on your couch? Now, this was supposed to be his big proof of me cheating on him. And I was like, you fucking moron. If I'm fucking somebody, I'm not going to be calling them or emailing them saying, can I come sleep on your couch? Like, make that make sense. Anywho, he took this and ran with it. Went off on me. He had one of his best friends there. Call me all kinds of names in front of them. I'm sitting down getting ready because we're supposed to go out. And I'm like, oh, light newsflash, Leah. Vinny must be coming home. His brother must be coming home. Oh, this is why we're doing this. So I ignore him. Not thinking about it. About 20 minutes later, my mom walks into the bathroom. I'm like, what are you doing here? Your husband called me to tell me to come get you out his house. Oh, he did. So my mom has a seat, and I'm still doing what I'm doing, completely ignoring Eric, acting a fool. My mom's looking at me upside my head like, Richard, what is wrong with you? I don't know why you're sitting here taking this. What's going on? The moment he got me is the moment he came in that bathroom, took his wedding band off, threw it at me, and called me a bitch in front of my mom. Now, I had been all kinds of bitches all day, but you called me a bitch in front of my mama. You can disrespect me, but you're not going to disrespect me in front of my mama. That sounds crazy, but I snapped. So that was the whole what straw that broke the camel's back. He left that weekend to go party with his brother. Good for you. We packed that motherfucking house and everything that had his fingerprint on it was in garbage bags. When he came home that Tuesday, (laughs) do you hear me? When he came back home that Tuesday, his bags was packed and waiting for him at the door. And I dared him to step foot past that damn door outside of getting his bags. And that was that on that. Right? Because it's only so much somebody can take. And now that I have told you my entire marriage situation, well most of it in a nutshell, has been too long getting away with no commercials, <laughs> let's get to the point of divorce. Life after divorce, right? For me, moving to divorce was hard at first. But then I came to the realization that that was the best thing that I needed to do. Again, I didn't want to be a statistic. I didn't want my child to grow up in a broken home. I didn't want my child to grow up without a father. That was important to me. But at the same time, I did not want my child to grow up in a household that was not Positive, that was not full of love. I did not want him to grow up seeing his father treating me the way that he treated me and think that that was okay. I did not want him to be in an atmosphere, an environment of racism, disrespect. Lies, cheating, that just did not want him to grow up with that type of vibe and around that situation. So I decided, as mamas do, as parents do, that the welfare of my child, the well-being of my child was more important than actually my own health, sanity, and well-being. So divorce it is. But at the time, y'all have to understand that I was in a real fucked up situation. My son was barely one years old and didn't have my job. I had quit school because my husband had made me drop out of school, even though I had a full scholarship. Um, I had a car. It was in his name. Um, we had the house. He left where I put him out? I could not afford to keep the house. So I left the house and he went back to the house. He did not pay any bills in the house. The house ended up getting foreclosed on. They came and got my car. He went and uh, filed a bankruptcy on everything. Um, had about 20 credit cards I knew nothing about. And because we were married, all his shit fell on me. So I was in a horrible funk for like five to seven years. And honestly, it was one of the worst times of my life. I did not get a lawyer for the um proceedings, which was a huge mistake. It's coming to bite me in the ass right now as we speak, right? Because at the time of our divorce, I did not change my last name. My name has been Leah Long, right? Long is my married name. Um, just recently I decided that I was going to change my name back to my maiden name, and I did not change my name back to my maiden name because again. In my mind, I did not want my son growing up in a house thinking something was wrong with him, that nobody's last name was his last name. In my mind, that was just a big no-no. I didn't want him to feel different. I didn't want him to feel unloved. I didn't want him to feel any less mine. That's what I told myself. In actuality, that was part of it, but part of it was also I didn't want to feel that he was any less mine or I was any less his. Don't know if that makes sense to you, but it makes 100% sense to me. I wanted to wait until he was old enough to understand what happened and to ask him if it was okay for me to be different. And we literally just had this conversation. He's 15. He'll be 16. So this was my year to change my name, right? To reinvent myself, to become back to who I was. And literally today, um. My social security card was changed to my maiden name. I went to go get my ID changed. And these motherfuckers told me I can't change my name because in the divorce decree, my ex-husband did not put the decree in the end that he allowed me to go back to my maiden name. I shit you not. There has to be some type of statement or decree in your divorce that says that you are allowed to go back. That you are allowed to go back to who you were before you even met this person. And if you don't believe me, look that shit up. So now, after all these years, after getting over everything, this shit still comes back to haunt me. Because I'm not even allowed to go back to who I was before I met him. Because I was too trusting and too naive and didn't get my own lawyer. That statement was not put into the divorce decree. So now I have to go and change my name legally, petition the court to go back to who the fuck I was in the first place. And if I sound emotional right now, I am very emotional because that just sums up everything that this motherfucker has done to me and what the divorce has done to me. But I digress. We're moving on, right? So make sure, ladies... Make sure if you take your husband's name, that you get that. And if you get divorced, that you put that in a divorce decree, some type of statement saying that you are allowed to go back to your maiden name, right? So you don't have to go through all of this. Anyway, I wanted the divorce to be over as easy, painless and quickly as possible. So I didn't pay enough attention. That's on me. That's 100% my fault because I know who he is. I knew who he was. And I know that I should have paid attention. He was not on child support. Actually, in the divorce documents, it says that he's on $9 a month child support. At the time, my child was one. $9 a month. He didn't even pay that. Let's just be perfectly honest. Right? I went through a horrible depression because this was not what life was supposed to be for Leah. Not for Leah, not for the most outgoing, not for the person that was always in student council, not for the person who got straight A's and did everything that they were supposed to do in school, not for the person that everybody thought was pretty and that was so, so smart and so promising, not for the person who got an internship at FedEx in a PR department and you were still in high school, not for the person who had internships with Channel 3 in journalism when I was in college, not for this person, right? Like, who the fuck is this person? Who am I now? I didn't know who I was at 19 when I got married. I sure as hell didn't figure out who I was while I was married to that person that I was married to. So who the fuck am I now at 22 with a baby? No job, no car, no house. Who the fuck is this person? Right? I struggled with that for years you have no idea how bad I struggled with it and the problem is is that I had nobody who could relate I had no one that I could speak to yes my mom was there my parents were there but my parents have been together since they were five years old they don't understand this you can say you understand but you don't you haven't been through this situation right your husband mom doesn't treat you how this man treated me I can't talk to y'all. Y'all just as emotionally involved in it as I am. My friends, they still teenagers. (laughs) They still early 20s. Still living enough doing early 20s shit like they supposed to be doing. They don't understand what the fuck I'm going through. They don't know what this is. I should have seen a therapist. But I did not. I should have. So, if you are struggling, if you are Amidst a divorce or getting a divorce or been out of a divorce and you still find yourself in a state of funk or depression or is just not okay. Go see somebody. Get help. I highly, highly recommend it. Anyway, so for years I had this mentality that it was me versus the world, right? That everything happened to me. Why me? Why is all of this happened to me? As I just went on my rent to say. I was depressed. Um, I had my happy moments. You know, I had my son. He was the joy of my world. It still is, you know? It was us against the world. But the world was always winning. I felt like I was always being defeated. People were always using me. I was falling back into the same patterns, not by the man that I was with, but the people that I chose to hang around with, the people who I chose to work with and create with and build for, they were all the same type of person, right? The only guidance that I had through any of this and I could talk to was Eric, the man that I'm with now. And I think that I know that he was perfectly placed at the, Right time and the right moment because he was going to be the one that I needed to get me through all of this. And that's just the truth. Anyway, (sighs) so let me continue, shall we? (laughs) There is life after divorce, and that is the whole point. I wanted you all to see how messy, how fucked up, how deep, how disrespectful and horrid my marriage really was. This situation And I could tell you so much more, but I don't have the time or the bandwidth to do it, to be perfectly honest. But there is light at the end of the tunnel, right? At the end of the day, you have to understand, even if you're splitting amicably, even if your situation isn't as bad, or even if your situation is a 100 times worse, guess what? It's not your fault. It's not your fault alone. Two people have to fuck up a situation. One person can fuck up more than the other, but guess what? You stayed there and dealt with it. You chose that person. So me first. That's why I say that all the time. That's where I learned that from. Me first. Let me put my hand up and admit the things that I've done wrong. Let me ask for forgiveness for the things that I did wrong. Because when you can acknowledge what you have done, then you can move on from it, right? It's okay To let go and move on. I didn't know that. I wanted to dwell in my self-pity. And in the atmosphere that I was in, people were enabling me to do it. And even encouraging me to be depressed to an extent. Right? It was okay for me to be how I was. It was not. Give yourself a grieving period. And then move on. Because life moves on. And nine times out of 10, the person who got done wrong in the relationship is the person that lives with that hurt and lives with regret and lives with the pain. And the other person moves on quickly because we dwell in the shit. Give yourself grieving moments and move on from it. And in my case, I still had to deal with my ex-husband because of my child. So we still had to see each other. And I always wanted to play the hero, right? Because I was like, oh, I failed as a wife. I failed in my marriage, but I'm not going to fail as a mom. And I still would tell you that I'm not going to fail as a mom, okay? <laughs> but I thought that that meant that I had to be nice to the ex-husband, that I had to take, again, more abuse and more disrespect because I wanted my, to shield my child from who his father was, right? Wrong. Don't do that, ladies. If you have a child, your child will grow up to see who that person is, no matter how much you shield them from. So don't do it. Don't put yourself through that, right? Stop playing a hero. You also have to leave that baggage from that divorce where it is. Don't take that on vacation with you. If you get into a new relationship, it don't even have to be a new relationship with another person, a new relationship with yourself. Do not bring that old baggage in that relationship with you. Leave that shit where it is because it will fuck you up for years. Do not replay it. Do not compare the new person to the old person that you got a divorce from. Don't compare yourself to the old person that you were because you're not that person anymore. Think of divorce as as a rebirth right a phoenix rising through the ashes y'all catch that if you read my book (laughs) a phoenix rising through the ashes right use your divorce as a time to reflect on who you were before who you were during And who you're going to be afterwards. Because here comes the fun part in all actuality. You get to reinvent yourself as who the fuck ever you want to be. Right? Come out being the best person that you can be. Do that shit. Focus on that shit. Don't focus on pain. Don't focus on the hurt. Focus on who you're going to be after divorce. And there is life after divorce. There is beautiful life after divorce. And all of it doesn't have to be a regret. You learn something, right? A lesson learned. Move the fuck on with your life. Don't get caught up like me in years of depression and years of woe is me and and, and not knowing what I'm going to do with my life and not knowing who I am. Don't get caught up in that. Give yourself A time to mourn and then move on. Surround yourself with good people. People who don't necessarily have to know and understand what you went through, but people who are willing to listen. People who are patient. And when it's time, when you, and you'll know when it's time, jump back into that romantic life. You don't have to be single. You don't have to be barren because some shit happened to you. That's life, right? Jump back out there and have fun. And I kid you not, to this day, that man is more miserable than I am now because he cannot keep a wife. He cannot keep um, any type of happy situation. He can't keep a job. Well, he can keep a job. He can't keep a house, a car, or nothing. He lived with his same twin and ass brother. They live together now. Both of them divorced. Mine divorced twice now, right? And miserable as fuck. (laughs) all because he don't know what happened, and at the end of the day, if I wanted his ass back, he would come running, and that's a problem, see, he want me back, but I don't want nothing to do with him, anyway guys, so that's the end of my fucked upness divorce, and we're gonna come back, because like I said, this is going to be a series And I'm going to invite some people on and have them share their stories about their divorce and how they got through. And, you know, what they're doing right now. Or if they're in the middle of a divorce, how they're getting through it. Okay? So if you're listening to this, you're going through a divorce, you're going through a bad breakup, listen to me when I tell you that there is life after divorce and you better live that shit.